Every woman has a story. Every story matters. For so long, women have hidden from their stories when in fact they are the very thing that makes them shine. Welcome to the Ruby Slipper Women podcast. I am Rosie Nerney, your podcast host, mother of four, multi-million dollar direct sales business owner, truth bomb expert and domestic violence survivor. Join me and a wide range of inspiring women as we follow down the yellow brick road of life with growth challenges and ultimately discovering our ruby slippers and coming home to ourselves. All the power you need is within you. It always has been. You just had to find it for yourself. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Ruby Slipper Women podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a super inspiring story for you to listen to today. One that I think a lot of you are really, really going to relate to. I am interviewing Leah Stevenson today. And for the past three and a half years, Leah has been in the police, is sorry, has been and is a police officer in Queensland. Her entire adult life has been spent in community and service-based work. 16 months ago, though, in a standard day at work, Leah was in a car that was hit by a young driver who drove the wrong way across four lanes and smashed into the car she was in. Due to the impact, Leah was flown forward and into the front passenger seat, dislocating her jaw, injuring her facet joints in her neck from C1 to C7, causing nerve impingements, stretched and torn ligaments, and muscles and sustained very painful nerve damage. It's been over 15 months and Leah has only just returned to work for two hours a week on light duties. The initial grief of not being able to work was overwhelming. Leah lost her identity, self-worth and purpose. She didn't know where she fitted into the world anymore. If she wasn't helping people, then she, was, then she deemed herself worthless. Not only that, but she felt suffocated with anxiety over worrying about what other people were thinking or saying about her. It was a day where her partner's dog destroyed all her indoor plants that broke Leah. The one thing she had managed to do during her recovery destroyed. That was the point where Leah left Kansas. Pre-accident, Leah used to think she had a strong foundation, was confident, secure, knew where she was headed. But in reality, there were cracks. Cracks from childhood issues never dealt with, cracks from damaging and hurtful relationships, and even high school bullies patched up with a bit of sticky tape and blue tack. It was only when that foundation came crashing down that she realised how dodgy that construction had been, and this gave Leah the opportunity to rebuild with a more secure structure. One of Leah's favourite quotes is, everything happens for us, not to us, and I truly believe this. Leah has found comfort and peace in just knowing that with every challenge comes the biggest and most valuable growth and that we all have a warrior strength inside of us that emerges when we need it. Leah is the founder of Eco Livin', an eco-friendly yoga mat made from hemp and natural tree rubber. Leah has invested an incredible amount of research, time, energy and love into these mats and it's been an incredible healing process for her. Leah says, I have let my inner spiritual indigo child come back out. So welcome, Leah. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Good morning, Rosie. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to get your story out there and for people to listen to it because when I was reading through your bio and, and like going over it, just your, that moment for you when you left Kansas it's just, as I was reading it, I was like, I was so sucked in at that point. I was like completely committed to reading the rest of the bio. 
um, because it's just, it's so, so, so powerful. So many people, I was mentioning it to you before we started recording that so many people feel like they've got to have some big, massive story or big event or big whatever. And it actually wasn't your big event that kind of broke you, so to speak. No, not at all. So can you share with, share with the listeners, um, a little bit about your story, like pre-Kansas and that moment when you were like, I'm not in Kansas anymore and I am going on this yellow brick road, I'm going to find my ruby slippers. So what does that look like for you? So for me, I had been a police officer for about three and a half years and absolutely loved it. Had worked so hard to be accepted, get that position in the police and uh, worked hard those first few years to get to where I wanted to get to. I had my mind set on becoming a detective, being plain clothes. Um, probably didn't have a very good work-life balance because became quite obsessive over certain cases and trying to find justice for victims but that gave me a sense of satisfaction value purpose and probably to a point distracted me from other issues in life relationships self-love issues um and then i had been given the opportunity to relieve with the detective as a plainclothes officer for six months which I was so proud of that fact then a week before I was due to finish uh, we got tasked to go do some surveillance and on the way back from this job a vehicle drove across four lanes of traffic and t-boned us because I didn't have a seatbelt on at the time I just flew forward and straight into the front seat dislocated my jaw my shoulder uh, injured my neck and did a lot of nerve and muscle damage. The thing is, at the time, I was so set on making a good impression and set on um, looking tough and as strong as everyone else. And being predominantly a male-based industry, there's already a lot of pressure on females to seem like we're smart enough, strong enough, can handle ourselves in the job. So I can totally just. <laughs> just to like interject there, that's just what you were saying about feeling pressure on you to perform at a certain level, to be at a certain level. I think it's probably worse in a male dominated industry, but women can be our like our own worst enemy with that. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I think so many people are going to be able to relate exactly to what you just said. Sorry, keep going. Definitely. And I think um, little comments that might get thrown around every now and again about females in certain positions we take it to heart and we feel that we need to prove ourselves even harder and work harder than the men to just get to an equal base and be respected um so when the accident happened i was in excruciating pain and i did go to hospital straight away um but series of events meant it was shift changeover at the hospital. They didn't do the scans that should have been done or any of the tests that should have been done. And all of my injuries went undiagnosed. So for me, having no medical knowledge whatsoever, I just assumed, okay, I'll go home, take some painkillers, sleep it off, and I'll be fine in the morning. Um, when I woke up the next morning, I could barely move. I couldn't move my neck, couldn't move my arm, and I accidentally popped my shoulder back into place, not actually realising that it had been dislocated, um, which probably did more damage than it being dislocated in the first place. 
Um, I still went to work that afternoon. I was just pretty much incapacitated, but sucked it up. Uh, I didn't even really get asked how I was feeling or how I was doing. So for me, that meant, well, I probably, I don't deserve to be asked how I'm feeling or how I'm doing. I just need to suck it up and be tough and show that I'm resilient. But meanwhile, doing that, I was causing my body more damage and more harm. And I was pretty much heading myself down a destructive path by thinking like that because I didn't get the help that I needed because I didn't feel that I was worth getting that help. Um, And this went on for a few weeks until eventually I couldn't drive anymore. I could barely move, which ultimately I had to go get the scans and then found out what had happened, which having scans pointing out that something physically is wrong gives you that sense of okay I'm allowed to feel this Uh, I can justify why I'm in pain and why it's so hard but it's like that it's it's (laughs) not even justifying it to yourself because you you knew what you were feeling but it's like exactly now I've got something that I can tell other people it's that having that validation or having the outside world believe you And that's exactly right. So many of my injuries, I was so internal and um, I don't know if you've ever had nerve pain, but it's something that's so hard to even describe to people what nerve pain feels like. And normally how I will describe it is stabbing and burning and stinging. Um, And that's something that's really hard because it's invisible and no one can see that you're feeling that but you can feel it. It doesn't make it any less real whatsoever, but you feel like you have to justify or defend yourself. And then you're going down a path of then you feel like to yourself, you need to justify it because that's what your brain is telling you to do to everyone else. Um, So it's a really, really bad path to go down. And I think having those feelings and constantly trying to prove myself and justify it, it was manifesting in even more pain and started to make me physically sick. The fact that I was so anxious about what people were saying about me or thinking about me, having to prove that something had happened and that I did have injuries. It was just like psychologically very, very challenging. And then that was manifesting in more pain and more physical sickness. <clears throat> and probably the hardest part was not having good support from my partner Um, so he's also a police officer and for his point of view he was kind of like suck it up go back to work because in his point of view he also couldn't see the injuries so he didn't understand and that I then felt truly alone I felt like I didn't know sometimes too especially with men they don't know what to do (laughs) like it's like I've had four kids so and when we're when we're in pain it's just like this helpless, they just don't know what to do. It's very, very typical to just go, you know, you'll be right. She'll be right, especially yeah. in Australia. Yes, yeah, exactly. So that, yeah, it is tough though. Or it was the, well, it's not the end of the world mentality. And I know that logically. I know it's not Armageddon. Yeah. Have you, seen, <laughs> um, have you seen the video on YouTube Brene Brown's done on empathy? 
is that the little cartoon yeah one with the, the yeah. yeah yeah as soon as you said that i was like mm, it's that it's that deer or whatever it is like, mm, that's no yes. good you want a sandwich like you know they're trying to steal the line everything it's not that but yeah totally yeah, yeah. and i actually showed him that because i said to him I understand in reality it's not the end of the world. I said, but for me, it's life-changing and it's debilitating and it's a hard adjustment, that change, that dramatic change so quickly and from something that you're not expecting and having to rewire all the paths that you thought you were headed. Um, it's quite challenging for the brain to uh the, to grab that concept absolutely and... <laughs> it's trauma like it's full on yeah. I, I had a situation uh probably 12 months ago a bit over 12 months ago that not physically but just life situation that's kind of did it did that to us and our family and everything that i thought my life was going to be our family was going to be every direction that was heading in ended literally like it was like overnight the same thing like a car accident and yeah. there was a lady that I was seeing, um, I actually interviewed her on a previous podcast, Renee Wilkinson, and she said to me, um, she said, it, it doesn't matter. Like she said, so you essentially you've been in a car and a drunk driver's come and smashed into you. She said, it's not your fault. Okay? It's yeah. not your fault that you're in this situation where everything has just like shattered your existence, but it's 100% your responsibility to pull yourself out of it. Yeah, and that's what I would say to him. I said, I don't want him to fix it. I don't want him to try and tell me it's not the end of the world. I just want support to help me pick myself up and get through it. Um, and that was what's so hard when you're not getting that proper support. You do feel quite alone and it doesn't validate what you're feeling. Um, but then on the other side of that, when you do pick yourself back up without someone else's support, you feel so much stronger in yourself for doing it all on your own and that maybe you don't have other people you can rely on to get you through something, but in the end you'll always have yourself to get you through. And oh that's my God, <laughs> that is just so powerful right there. So powerful. I love it. Um, so tell us about what was the, tell me about, tell us about the moment, share them tell us about the plants and what that breaking point moment was for you. So it sounds quite funny. And even at the time, I completely knew that I was breaking down over something that seemed very irrational. But um, so my whole life changed after the accident. I was not able to work. I couldn't do any of the recreational activities I used to do. I couldn't go to the gym. I could barely do household chores myself. Um, and being in your 30s and then having to be looked after by your parents or by other people, that was quite challenging, losing my sense of identity from not working. Uh, I felt like I honestly just didn't know who I was anymore. Did I have any value, any purpose? If I wasn't serving other people, then what was even the point of me being here if I wasn't contributing in some way? Um, and that kind of started to make me realise that I probably didn't actually know who I was anymore. Um, and I started planting little plants, little house plants, because it gave me a sense of nurturing and that I could have a proper routine every morning, come out, water these plants, move them into good sunlight, make sure they're thriving. And I'd 
started planting more and more and more. And I genuinely felt a love for these plants. They were a little living thing. I felt proud of them. Um, and very you are speaking to someone who is totally obsessed with succulents, so you're in yes. very good company. I get it. Well, they, I've got I've got birds attacking one of my succulents at the moment, and I'm just like, get away from my plants. So I, I'm hearing yeah. you. I'm hearing you. I'm definitely hashtag crazy plant lady, but proud of it. Um, and the, um, they were very symbolic for me. It was a process of healing and I was healing through those plants and it gave me a sense of that's mine and maybe no one else understands what I'm going through, but I can spend my time with these plants and help them grow. And I came home one night and my partner's dog had absolutely destroyed them, ripped them all out from their roots. They weren't just ripped out, but she trampled all over them, dragged them around the place. So there was no saving them. And (laughs) as soon as I saw it, I could just feel my whole body go into this response. I just started shaking and I thought, crap, I can't stop this. There's nothing I can do right now. It's happening. I'm literally breaking down. And I felt my whole body just drop to the ground and I just cried. And I felt like I was actually breaking down into millions of little pieces. And it was kind of like I could even see myself from a third person point of view. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is my breaking point. I really hit rock bottom. Um, and I started to feel so many emotions that I had buried. All of those thoughts about where was I going to head now? What was I going to do for a career? Will I ever get better? Will I ever be pain-free? I worked so hard to get to where I was and now it's all gone. Someone else took it away from me and it wasn't my choice. It's not fair. All of those emotions and grief and how it had compromised my relationship, changed relationships with friends and family, it was like it all came up at once in a big tidal wave. And I felt like I was grieving for someone who had passed away. And ultimately, I I was essentially grieving for who I used to be, grieving for what my life was, where I thought it was headed, and not having those answers and that plan anymore and not having anything mapped out because I didn't know what the future held. And I just let myself break down because I knew I couldn't hold it in anymore and I knew that it was actually destroying me being in such denial and I said to you earlier denial doesn't change what happened and it doesn't take it back but it does stop you from healing and it does stop you from moving forward and progressing so powerful (laughs) so powerful and it was kind of that moment that also made me realize I had always based my self-worth on what I did for other people, buying other people presents, doing things for them, helping them when they needed help or being there when they needed someone to talk to. But I had never done any of those things for myself. I Whether it was based from childhood stuff, um, feeling like I wasn't worth that love, Um, worth people's time and that my only way that I would be worth it would be to be there for them 
being in toxic relationships um, with partners who just take and not give. I, for me, I'd lost who I even was and was I worth anything? And it's really hard to try and work to get that back. And I didn't really even know where to start except that I did need to start somewhere. Um, so I definitely meditation was something I started to do on a daily basis to try and even get in touch with what I felt anymore because I'd been burying everything for so long and being in denial for so long. Any thoughts that came into my mind that I didn't like, I would just drown them out with other chatter or music. So I, it was so hard to even get in touch with myself in the beginning. Um, and it sounds a bit strange, but I actually got a photo of myself from when I was four years old. Um, so innocent, asleep on the couch with chocolate ice cream all over my face. And I stared at the photo for ages and just sat there thinking, who did she want to be when she grew up? And what was she like when she was four years old? Um, what were her interests? What was she passionate about then? And who was she before being so influenced by TV and movies, society, families' opinions and feedback, bullies at school, boyfriends' opinions of who you should be? Who was I before all of that? And who would I have been if I did, wasn't so impacted by everyone's opinions? Um, and then I would try and channel like self-love but to that photo because I found it really hard to do it to myself as I am now at 32 years old because I'd carried all these um, this pack, these um, burden of things that I'd done in the past like pain that I'd caused other people that I carried with me or pain other people had caused me but as a four-year-old that's not there you don't have that yet. It's just innocent little child who knows nothing better but to love the world. And trying to channel that love to her was so much easier. And then having that concept of that is me, that is still me. Yes, things happened. Yes, people have told me who I should be and what I should be like. And if I'm a certain way, then you know, it's, it's not the normal. And I know you've had a few people on your podcast before use the word hippies and um, a bit like woo-woo. And that's definitely something that I've been called in the past, like hippie or too out there. Um, but then I realised that's, that's not bad that's because people say it is. It doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make it bad. It's good. People who love more, who feel more, who want a better way for the world, it's not negative just because some people think it is. I know. It's like, and you're saying this like it's a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yes. you're such a hippie. I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's the alternative? An arsehole? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's right. And so influenced by other people's opinions and then I started to so as a little girl I loved crystals and quartz and all of those beautiful little things so I just had this urge to go to a crystal shop and just start getting crystals again and it felt so good when I started to do that like little tiny bits of me were coming back 
and um I definitely had a few comments like why do you have rocks in your house <laughs> why are your rocks out but <laughs> um, <laughs> But then I started to get that acceptance of, you know what, that's on you. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. It really, like, it really does. It has nothing to do with you. You're just doing you. Yeah, exactly right. Um, And then after having one of the operations on my neck, I couldn't move for a few days and I was a bit incapacitated and on pain medications. And I started to think of, like, what am I really passionate about? So when I was little, I used to always go out and pick up pieces of rubbish because we lived in quite a rural location. And I was really worried that the earth was getting hurt by all this rubbish lying around. So I would leave the house, go pick up any rubbish and litter I could find and bring it back and put it in our bins. And the environment is always something that I've, been very passionate about um, to the point where it ends up in arguments with people about recycling which I know I shouldn't but that's what happens when you are passionate about something Um, and also being very obsessed with the hemp plant because it is an amazing plant it is so many parts of the plant can be used and utilized very sustainable renewable um, and a really good way for us to go in terms of manufacturing products in the future. Um, and that's where I come up with the Bodhi Body Hemp Yoga Mats and the business Eco Living. Um, so <clears throat> I started working on these yoga mats while I was lying there and couldn't really do anything else and started to come up with designs and patterns for them. Um, and that creativity of what was inside me being able to get that out onto something was such an amazing healing process and I wasn't doing it for anybody else except myself um, and the environment but to be able to channel that own creativity um, I could really feel myself becoming more aligned with who I used to be and the more I was becoming aligned with myself I started to realise that being a police officer had changed my perceptions and views of the world and ultimately we're all responsible for our own thoughts and opinions but the types of jobs I had gone to had certainly had an impact and an influence on how I was viewing people and viewing the world and being able to look back on that now, it scares me to think if I hadn't had that accident where would I have been headed? What type of person would I have ended up as? And that's just like, <laughs> honestly, just that awareness alone, that is such a gift. Yeah. And such I, a gift because like you said, a lot, a lot, the vast majority of people go through life and don't even question that. Exactly. That's right. And now it can be challenging because I've gone on a journey and I've changed. I feel like, a snake who shattered its skin a little bit but a lot of friends and people that I know and even my partner they haven't gone on the same journey so they haven't headed down a similar path so they haven't done the yellow brick road yet exactly and it's really hard to accept that sometimes the fact that 
you thought you were headed somewhere with someone in the same direction, but then an incident happened and you've gone down a different route and then you haven't ended up in that same place anymore. And it's hard because then also you're grieving for those friendships and those relationships you had. But again, it's about the way that you view things. I'm excited now that the relationships I've formed since the accident are so positive and they're so supportive and they're with people who have gone through their own journeys and have such similar views of the world now um, and can really truly connect on a deeper level. And I think also- sometimes it's even grieving what you what you thought it would be rather than what it is because like when you were saying, you know, grieving the loss of, or the not loss, but just the the lessening of friendships and stuff like that. It's when you get this new perspective and you are surrounded by people that are really positive and uplifting and that have, you know, an abundant sort of outlook on life that you realize, Oh, well maybe I was, I'm grieving what I thought my friendships were rather than what they actually were. Because when you have that awareness and you go through that awakening for lack of a better word, and you, you get to the other side and you're like, well, that's not how I want to live. I don't want friendships that are based on gossiping about other people or drinking or like just no substance. I want to be around people who are like have dreams and are connected with who they are and stuff like that so yeah it's it's and I've battled with a lot of that myself with the event that we went through but just just realizing that I'm not actually grieving what I've lost I'm grieving what I thought I had and I'm grieving what I wanted it to be but I'm not actually grieving what it was because what it was wasn't what I thought it was does that does that yeah definitely I can definitely relate to that I completely relate and sometimes you even have that thought whether would it be easier to go back to before and have that simpler life where you didn't um you didn't evaluate everything and it was just superficial shallow sort of relationships with people um and you just did your job and you didn't really think about it would it be easier but then I think maybe easier, but not fulfilling. The way that I feel now about life, I honestly feel like my eyes have been opened up to a whole different world. And I honestly don't know if I would have even liked the person that I would have turned out to be if I had kept going down that path. And you may lose friendships and end up with a very small circle of friends in the end um, who truly understand the new you but those few friendships mean more than a hundred superficial friendships by far absolutely and everyone who I've interviewed so far has said that like even myself I had times where I was like if I just went back if I just didn't know this stuff if I just didn't have the awareness (laughs) if I didn't realize that everything is my responsibility and that it's my job to change it and that I'm responsible for my life if I could just blame everyone else for everything it would be so much easier but yes. then when I think about back then, I was like, but were you truly happy? Were you truly fulfilled? Like I had yes. moments of happiness. I had things going on, but I never felt fulfilled in my life and who I was. Um, yes. So it, like everything you said, I'm just sitting here going, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Yep. Like everything. <laughs> it's, it's so worth it. Have you read um, Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness? No, but it's on my to read list. Yeah, it's, I have been meaning to read that. Read one. it because she talks about this in it. It's uh, it's my favorite book of hers. I love it, um, and it just it talks about the space in between when you leave who you were, and becoming yeah. who you are, and that space in between which she refers to as the wilderness is lonely. Yeah, you're going through all of that, but when you get to the to the other side, um, there's people like us. Like we're all there. And we all want to support yeah. and uplift and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. So, to someone listening that is trying to find their ruby slippers and trying to find that, you know, the belief in themselves, realising that it's in them, um, that hasn't gone through like a situation like you maybe, but it's just got those niggling feelings like of feeling unfulfilled or, you know, they're on this path, but they're just, they're not quite, they haven't quite figured out how to really tap into their power yet to their ruby slippers. What would you recommend or what advice would you give to them? Probably let yourself feel that. So denying that you are longing for something or missing something, you're battling with yourself. If you feel like that, let yourself feel like that because it may be a slow, a really slow process and journey. And I felt like for me, it was very, very slow, but little tiny bits of pieces come together. Um, and the more, and I guess that's when people say the path of less resistance or least resistance. And I definitely um, resonate with that because as soon as you stop resisting that, um, you may feel things that are super uncomfortable and you don't want to feel them, but by letting yourself feel that, that will become comfortable and you will experience the most amount of growth in that, that, um, that window of being uncomfortable. I love it. I love it, love <laughs> it, love it. And that's another common thread that I've had through all my podcasts is just feel it, lean yeah. into the feeling. And so many people are so scared of the feelings and we do things to shut them down, but just lean into it. Because when you lean in and you might fall, but you will get to the other side. But like you said, as long as you deny it, it stops you from healing. It stops you from like crossing over to getting to that place where you do have that feeling of fulfillment. Or just figuring out who you are and learning who you are. Yeah. And don't have the need to justify who you are to somebody else. Because we are perfect the way we are. And we all have little flaws and little things that we do. but and we can work on trying to be better people consistently, but we don't need to justify who we are and defend who we are to somebody else. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just sitting here pondering. I'm like, I love doing these podcasts because the <laughs> women I interviewed are so amazing. Um, okay, so Leah, where can people find you? I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this that are going to want to come and check out your yoga mats. So where can people find you? So the website is ecoliven.com.au. So there's no G on the end of living. It's just living, um, very Australian slang. Um, or Instagram is eco underscore living underscore AU. And the first product that I've made is the Brody Body Yoga Mats. But I'm hoping to um, have a whole line of eco-friendly products that are sustainable, um, ethical, non-toxic, 
um, but also a little bit different. So not um, just your usual eco-friendly products, but something that's been designed a little bit different so that people can look at it and actually love using it. So with the yoga mats, I've made them all different colours and different patterns. And I'm hoping that when people use it, they know they're doing something good for the planet, but they can look at it and actually love doing their yoga or Pilates practice on it. I already have about 10 people in mind that will listen to this <laughs> and be like straight onto your website oh, because it just, the values and everything just align so much. Um, well, thank Leah, you. thank you so much for being on here. Your story you. is so inspiring and I truly, truly wish you nothing but amazing success um, with your yoga mats. I think thank you. Just, even just the story of you connecting them back to what you were doing as a kid, like it's just there is not a woman that will listen to this that won't be able to relate to that. Cause we all have that little girl that used to dream and, and yeah. Yeah, even listening to you, I was like, what did I used to do as a kid? Like, oh. <laughs> like it's very similar to what I'm doing now. So, um, so yeah, Aww. so thank you so much for being on here and thank you thank everyone you. that's, um, that's tuned in and listened as always, please share it, put it out there on your socials. We want to help as many women as we can. I can't do it without you. So put it out there. I'll be forever grateful. Thank you, and I look forward to you tuning in on another episode of Ruby's Little Women. Guys, just quickly before you go, if you could do me a massive favor and please share this on your socials or head to iTunes and give us five stars. It's the only way we're going to get the message out there and create the movement where more women stand up and believe in themselves. I can't do this on my own. I really, really need your help. If you could do that for me, I would really appreciate it. Our website is coming. It will be www.rubysliperwomen.com. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, please head over to Instagram at rubysliperwomen and give us a follow. Look forward to seeing you for the next round and thank you so much for your support.